As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I will probably not be opening my eyes this entire podcast, just so you guys know. That's one of the reasons why You're I'm wearing the pain, sunglasses. Huh? Yeah, that's the thing is, so for for those who are listening who don't know, I got LASIK eye surgery three days ago. Um, and I don't, they didn't really give me instructions on what to expect. I mean, they kind of did, but it's funny because I... I vlogged the entire thing and I so many times these past few days have been searching for like LASIK vlogs because I want to know if what I'm feeling is normal but people people haven't really vlogged this experience yet so well you're gonna fill a void there and in my opinion surgeons generally undersell the recovery time like they don't yeah. think about they, yeah they just they, they generally aim a little low that certainly has been the case in my life and I know for you honey <laughs> oh yeah donate a kidney it's easy you'll be fine yeah no that's <laughs> but they're just thinking about the surgery and if that goes well and oh yeah, yeah you'll heal you'll heal up fine yeah so it's crazy you're, you're okay though right it went well i guess you'll yeah. hear all about it later yeah i'll tell you guys about it because it was one of the scariest experiences of my entire life and you guys mm -hmm. both had eye surgery but you guys had rk and so i'm curious on how different that is from lasik Um, mm -hmm. but geez, yeah, I have so much to talk about. <laughs> well, then we might as well get started. What do you say? All right, let's roll that intro music. Let's do it. Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. I will say one of the, one of the first things I said afterwards, I'm so excited for this vlog because it's, it's so like. <laughs> honest but one of the first things i said afterwards was like i am so thankful i never have to do that again because it was <laughs> yeah. so scary so basically mm -hmm. i had two incredible friends take me mitchell and blythe they were great they provided lots of comedic relief they were great vloggers <laughs> they they were a great support <laughs> system um and yeah they you called us on the way there and on the way back Um, and separately because we weren't together. Exactly. Yeah, I was in Mom a little was in bit Texas. different states each time. Um, <laughs> a different, yeah, a little different with the Valium. Well, yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, so we went there. Um, <laughs> they they made them go away. Uh, they, the, when I like went to the front desk, they made Mitchell and Blythe go away for like all the money talks. It was really funny. <laughs> so I will say this place was so like vlog friendly, even throughout the entire surgery. They were like they were they were in a tiny room right next to me that was completely glass, 
and they oh, had yeah. a screen showing what they were doing to my eye. So oh, wow. they literally saw and recorded. Whoops, I hit the mic. They literally, they saw and they recorded everything. It was crazy. I wasn't expecting them to to be along for that intimate of a journey, um, but amazing. it worked out. And I'm, I'm so glad they were there because I almost didn't take the Valium. I got like super, super stressed and yeah. <laughs> I'm not making this up. We were sitting in the room after she gave it to me. I was debating for like five minutes. I made all of us stop and ask God if I should take the Valium. Yeah. <laughs> I was that's like, like, I am. That sounds like something you would do if you're already on Valium. <laughs> I know, but I was so stressed. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not, everyone close your eyes and ask God right now. Um, what did God say? I think God said yes. Yeah. I was told God said yes. He, well, he didn't so, say not to. So. He didn't well, say not to. And I, you're, I just, you're hypersensitive to anything like that. So Yeah. And True. I just, so basically I took it, but I took it like five to 10 minutes after I think they thought I took it because yeah. I was going Sounds through this like it. back and forth. And so when I was laying on the table, it had not quite kicked in. Uh -oh. Um but they brought, they were like, would you like a teddy bear and a blanket? And Aww. I was like, absolutely, I want a That's teddy exactly bear and a blanket. That's what you need. <laughs> you so should have brought, brought your own teddy bear. They, they brought me a great teddy bear. It was, it was amazing. And so I was hugging Aww. a teddy bear. And I, at first, I was like, no, I don't need the blanket. And then the doctor took a while to get in there. And I was like, um... Could I could I actually get that blanket? So they brought over the blanket. We were sitting there. Well, I was laying there with this giant machine over me. And then the doctor finally came in. And basically how it worked was there were two sections. So the first machine, I, I didn't really expect there to be two separate machines. I kind of thought it was all going to be the same machine. They also, yeah. they asked me, they were like, you watched the videos we sent, right? And I said, yeah. What? I, I lied. I completely lied on that table because I didn't want to seem like a bad patient. Um, yeah. Why didn't you watch yeah, them? I, I lost the email. I like totally meant to. And then it, it slipped my mind. Um, but it, it still oh, well. worked out. I told her, well, I said, mm, yeah. If you hadn't lied, it, she would have given you, given you the, uh, the cliff notes. As well, long as well, the she, doctor she watched the did. videos. That, that's I the believe, important thing. Exactly. I think she knew I was lying because I said, <laughs> yeah, but it was a long time ago. I don't really remember. Oh, John covered Ma your bases. You just said like John Mulaney. That's, <laughs> that's practice like from when you were in school. That's like, like yeah. a, a, a reaction, a well-practiced reaction. I didn't lie in school. Well, you know. No, you're not a good liar. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, but not no, that so that... Know. That first machine, basically what it did, how graphic should I be? I feel like I should be pretty graphic. Well, it's we're not showing it's, it like in your Yeah, it, it, it's vlog. also not like disgusting graphic. It's just very informative. Yeah. And if you're considering this, you should know it. Um, so basically the first machine, what it does is it cuts a little like almost full circle, but not quite full circle of your, the like covering of your eye that they're going to flip up when they do the laser. But the way they cut it is not with a knife. They cut it with air. It's like a suction air, which is super duper cool, except for the fact that it feels like they're sucking your eye into a portal. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Like, Can I ask a question? Yeah. How did, how did they keep your eye open? Because when they oh. did it with us, 
they put these clamps in that kind of held your eye open and they yeah. kind of went mm-hmm. under your eyelids and spread it wide open like that. It wasn't that, that scary. I was afraid it was going to be like that. They did have something that held it open, but it looked kind of like a sideways eyelash curler is the best way I can describe it. It was like a little C-shaped thing and there was rubber on each side and the doctor just put it in and like used it to hold it. Yeah. So it wasn't okay. like metal. It wasn't invasive. You could still kind of try and blink as like a natural thing and you wouldn't mess it up. Um, so it, that part was totally fine. And they have numbing eye drops in your eye too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the machine, it kept coming down. And I also... I kept thinking that the Valium wasn't working and that I was just a superior human. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a thought that kept coming into my mind. I was like, I'm so glad I'm just like a chill person. <laughs> that Like I can handle That's this. Um, well, looking back, it probably was a little bit of the Valium. But oh, the it's machine, totally the Valium. <laughs> it kept and the drops. Coming, yeah, the drops yeah. were helpful, but not for like the nerves. My heart was still beating really fast, but the machine, it like was coming towards my eye. And then it kept coming, then it kept coming, and I was waiting for it to stop, and it just didn't until it was on my eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then they have you, while it's on, they have you look at this green little light, and they tell you, you're going to see the green light, and then you're going to see it disappear, but keep staring where it was. Right. I was like, cool. Is All the machine right? loud? It wasn't that loud. Um Okay. But it was really hard to look at the light. And I did mm. feel like my soul was getting sucked out of my body. Like oh, it was no. <laughs> so intense through my eyeball. <laughs> and so they did the first eye. And it only takes about 10 seconds. That's the thing is it's it's very uncomfortable and like terrifying, but it's only 10 seconds. Like if you can push through it, you can push through it. And then they go to the next eye. And I was like, all right, I know the drill. I've got this. Did it. And then they moved the machine and they were like, all right. Oh, oh, I forgot a part. Wait, I have to go back like 10 seconds. After they did the first eye, guys, mm-hmm. my my they did the left eye first and my right eye was taped down. And when my eye came away from the machine, I couldn't see anything. All I saw was like blue. What? And fully in my mind, I was like, I just went blind. Like oh, they, no. they, they messed it up. And I started to tell the doctor, I started to go, is it, is it bad if, and then I stopped and I went, cause it was Never in the mind. video. It was probably in the video. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually, I don't think it was in the video. I think it was just like what they did was moved a weird way where I couldn't see anything because when they did it on the other eye, I could still see out of the other eye. It was just hmm. the way that it had like gone. But I, I stopped telling him that I think something's wrong because I didn't want him to feel bad if he messed up. <laughs> like oh, I, I think fully, you should know that information. Yeah, it'd show. be good if, if if they thought that that they if you thought they messed up, it'd be good to tell him before they mess up the other eye, right? I didn't yeah. want to embarrass him in front of his colleagues. But that what are also, the odds he messes up both of them? I mean, come on. Yeah, oh I, I was also. I was, yeah, I was pretty high. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie the valium was was in effect at this point and so basically they sat me up and i was like oh and they were like we're gonna move you over to the laser now and that's when i started to put together like okay it's a two-piece operation i knew two things were gonna happen i just didn't know it was different machines um and so i laid down on the other machine and at that point i was more so just like all right i just want this to be over with um and so he Wait, like was it in the same room same room like 
a foot and a half apart. It wasn't that long of a walk. I was going to say, <laughs> if your eyelids are like your cornea is open, you shouldn't be walking around. Yeah, they, they helped me. They took away the teddy bear, though. I didn't get that back for the laser, I don't think. Mm. <laughs> but um, so the second bit is when the doctor flipped up the cornea or whatever it was. Um, and the laser happened. That bit was a lot less invasive. It wasn't like on my eye. He was holding my eye open again and I was looking at a light again, but the light didn't go away. Um, and it was pretty easy. You could just smell the laser, which is always a freaky thing. You're like, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. uh, a laser burning me or lasering me, whatever it does. Um, and at that point, this is really funny. Valium was full in effect at this point. And I just got pissed. Like I got so upset because I was like, if you know me, I have sensitive eyes. Like I, I'm sensitive to the light. I'm sensitive to just like screens in general. And so not only did they cut open my eye and take away the protective layer it had and then shoot a laser into my eye, but they kept shining bright lights in my eye. And Mm. I, I just got pissed like so internally. And this was on the Valium as well. (laughs) But I was like, if they don't get these lights out of my eyes. And finally the doctor was like, Hey, Hey, turn that light off. (laughs) Like, like, cause it was, I guess it was unnecessary. Um, but he finished, he did both eyes, he put the flaps back down, he cleaned them out with, like, water, um, and then they walked me, like, two feet to where my friends were, and one of the first things they told me is, Blythe was like, Mitchell almost threw up, Mitchell almost threw up, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> because they could see the whole thing, so we have an entire video of every single thing I said afterwards, oh, Mitchell called it my post-game interview, um, <laughs> And Have you had a chance clip, to look at the footage because you don't yeah. want to you don't want to open your eyes. I know I was editing a little bit this morning, um, and I was editing a little bit the other day. I'm trying to do like in small increments, um, but I. So this is YouTube. This is something you're gonna release on YouTube. Yeah, and I'm, I'll do a TikTok as well. But um, this was quite literally like 30 seconds after they closed my eyelids, <laughs> and so it's just all my first thoughts and the whole thing my posture is incredible in. I don't know why, but both my feet were on the ground, my hands were on my knees, and my posture was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Who are Um, you? (laughs) I don't know. It it affected me so weirdly. But then the Valium didn't take away the pain. The pain was pretty bad after. Um, So I had the numbing drops, and you got like five little vials of numbing drops, but you were only supposed to use one drop of each. But I didn't read the instructions beforehand. And in the car, I poured like an entire one in my eye. It was great. But it doesn't really affect you. It's just to like save the drops. Um, yeah. And then I used those. I was off them before the 48 hours, which is when they really want you off them. But ideally, you're off in 24 hours. And now my eyes still sting. So... Mm-hmm. Are we'll you sleeping see. okay? Because I'm sure when you sleep, it's really healing then. Yeah. I tried to go to bed last night at 9.30 p.m. Just because I was like, what else am I going to do? Can't really do much. Um, and so I laid in bed for like three hours before falling asleep. Terrible <laughs> sleep last night, actually. But before, I've been having pretty good sleep. And I've been trying to rest my eyes as much as possible. But a part of me is like... Uh, yes, I need to rest them, but I do also need to use them. Mm-hmm. But I have these I have these really cool sleeping goggles. I know. They're very cool. <laughs> yeah, and you can use them when you play racquetball. And when you yeah. ride your motorcycle. 
Exactly. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see that video. I'm, I'm sure people listening now want to go check it out too to see what you're talking about. It would have been a better video if Mitchell actually did throw up. That would be funny. Yes. And yes. I will say that if you were going to suck out somebody's soul, you would do it through the eyes. Because you know ah. that expression, the eyes are the window to your soul. Ah. The eyes you know, are the window so that's, to your that's soul. That's how you would do it for sure. Um, but it sounds like this interaction here between us, I could tell you still have your soul. So that's good. <laughs> Yay. What it's was still you. What, what was y'all's surgery like? Do you remember yours, honey? Yes. First, just to set it up, um, radial keratotomy was the procedure, and that preceded the LASIK uh, procedure. And the guy that gave it to me was Robert Marmer, and same to your mom. And he, he was the father of a friend of mine, still is, and one of the first practitioners in Atlanta of this procedure. He studied with the guy in Russia. And what they who, do- who found who. Figured it out. Figured it out. Who founded that? Yeah. And it's a, it's a more of a blunt instrument uh, in terms of like how to get it done. LASIK, what they do is they essentially, they're using your cornea to create a, a contact lens, like to, like to reshape your cornea so that you see better and that it's refracting the light that comes in exactly where it needs to be on the optic nerve. LASIK well, or RK? That's LASIK. LASIK is really surgical. RK they want to reshape your cornea, but the way they do it is they make these radial cuts from the center out of your eye with like a knife by hand, literally by, Ooh. by hand. And then in these, there's certain number of cuts, certain lengths of cuts. And then when they heal, you know, you know how, when you, uh, when a wound happens, when it, um, heals, the skin tightens, that's what happens with your eye. And so your, your eye literally changes shape when it heals uh, it, and it's a, this amazing procedure and he was amazing at doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the depth, they, they take these really specific measurements to know where to put the cuts, how deep to make the cuts. And they're, they're small, they're really tiny. So, um, what I remember was that you went in, I don't know if I got a Valium maybe, but I do remember the, the drops. Yeah, I think so. I think you were on Valium cause I came over and saw you. I know um, I couldn't after drive. Work. Right. You were at your apartment. And they, the drops, he took, I, he told me at the time, he said, basically, this is like liquid cocaine and it's going to numb your eye completely. And then they put the, <laughs> I didn't know that. then they put the clamp in my eye, which held it open, which was a little freaky. You and feel again, so I'm, I'm helpless. Yeah. You're just like, bro, <laughs> there's, there's nothing it was you like, can do. And I did have to look at the light. My light was white. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you're going to feel a pressure. And mm -hmm. you're not going to see the light anymore, but keep looking there. So that yes. was the mm -hmm. same. Same. Mm -hmm. And then, so I felt this pressure and then the light went away and the light came back and the light went away and the light came back. And he did that several times. It was done like that. And then, um, and then he did the other eye. No, no, we did one day. at a time. Yeah. We did yeah. one at a time. Exactly. And then, uh, it as was like three days later or was it? It yeah, seemed like it was. Uh, I don't remember. It was one to three days after you um, did the other eye. After he'll do the other eye. Yes, that's they don't odd. do both eyes the same. T well, now, I think it's good because then you know, you know, how well that first surgery went. But your vision's like jacked up then. Well, but one eye's looking better than the other. Yeah, you can. It was. I feel like it was instantaneous that I could see. Well, Clear, you're, but I, I, you know, no, that was a long time you, ago, but I remember we left with patches. I had a patch on right, my eye. But I mean, well, I, I didn't mean instantaneous, but I mean like, like the next day or whatever it, it seemed, it wasn't, 
I don't know. I remember Starbursts. Like so, so for the weeks following it, and really for quite a long time, it, it actually extended to months. At night, when you'd see streetlights, headlights, yeah. any kind of bright light, you get this starburst effect that comes off the light because of the incisions. Yeah. Um, but that eventually goes away. Yeah. But in terms of the, um, other than that, it was like perfect vision until until I needed reading glasses in my forties. Yeah, was- my vision's my vision's good. It wasn't good right after. It was very blurry right after. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I didn't even tell you guys. After we were done, I like had such a hard time getting to the car. Well, first they took me to another room to shine more lights into my eye. And I was like, <sighs> y'all, <laughs> y'all gotta give me a break. I know, I know you're doing your job, but geez. Um, and afterwards, I was like, I'm hungry. And Bly and the Mitch were hungry. So we went to Erewhon, which I don't know if you guys know what Erewhon is. It's like the no. most expensive uh, grocery store ever. I mean, probably not ever, but it's so expensive in LA and we don't ever go to grocery shop, but they have a hot bar there that where they have really yummy food. It is still also overpriced, but we were like, yeah, you know, Erewhon sounds good right now, but I could hardly mm-hmm. walk. And so they're like holding me. I have three <laughs> pairs of sunglasses on because my eyes hurt so bad and my eyes are closed. And <laughs> we like, we walk into Erewhon. Believe it or not, I'm not the only person in there with sunglasses on because- uh, everyone everyone wears sunglasses all the time indoors outdoors <laughs> at night um and i had blithe order for me because i just i could not but i was like what a choice what a choice for us to go to Erewhon right now did you eat in public no oh my gosh no we took it back to my place <laughs> i ate a little bit and then we put on an old disney movie and i put on my goggles and put a blanket over my head so I was on the phone with you, and I guess this was uh, the next day or something like that, and you were walking into your apartment, and there was a surprise for you in your apartment. <gasps> yeah. There was a a few days before my surgery. I was on TikTok, and there, I had some friends over, and somebody, I don't even remember the exact scenario, but somebody gave someone a cookie cake for something they had done. And I made a joke where I was like, why am I not getting a cookie cake for LASIK, huh? Um, And so I walked in and there's a cookie cake that says, you beat LASIK. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And and I was like, who the heck did this? And so I'm racking my brain and it comes down to three people. Uh, It was either in my head, Blythe, Mitch, or Jenna. But I didn't think Jenna was there for that conversation. However, she has as a key because we live together. Um, yeah. And then um, it was Bly the Mitch. And turns out it was Mitch. And it was so sweet. Oh, I was like, oh I was my guessing gosh. it was Mitch. That was so sweet. He's such so a sweet thoughtful. dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I, I thanked him and, um, I and Brie as well for, for being there for you. But yeah. cool. So Brie that, was not there. It was Bly. <laughs> I mean, I Blythe. Duh. I'm sorry. Yeah, Brie was Brie was the Brie was last Bowl, podcast. Uh, yeah, last podcast. But it was nice too because a few days before my surgery, me, Sterling, and Jenna actually got to go support Mitchell because he just ran a half marathon with his dad oh out here God. in LA. And so we woke oh up God. really early. He didn't think we were coming. Um, and we we ran to get there in time, and we saw him as he was finishing like 
not quite past the finish line, but really close to it. Um, and his face like lit up and he was so happy Aww. and his dad was happy. And so I was really glad because we all agreed. We we're like, Mitchell is like one of the most supportive people we've ever met in our entire life. Like if you need He's to solid. be picked up. Yeah, if you need yeah. to be picked up from LAX at 3 a.m. or 5.30 p.m., like, he's going to be there just because, like, mm-hmm. he's he's awesome. Like, that's just how he yeah. is. And so we were like, we can absolutely wake up early and go do this. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I admire people who can do that. I I never really got past two miles. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm done. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Maggie, on you beat LASIK and you can pretty soon you'll be able to see right now you look like, you know, you're wearing the sunglasses like like uh, either you've spoken way too much pop before a podcast or I don't know what. But do I look cool? I'll, you look you look cool. You look like I've, a rock star. I have felt bad because anytime we've gone out to eat. I've been in a hat and sunglasses and a hood, and I feel like I look like I'm trying to look like I'm important. (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, a doctor just zapped my eyeballs. Yep. Well, thanks for the story. I'm sure you helped a lot of people think about whether or not they ever want to do that thing. Can you give us an idea what it costs? Um, Yeah, it was, I put down a $500 deposit and then the day of, I paid $3,100. Yikes. Yeah. That's like pretty braces. pricey. But when you do think about it, like, contacts are not cheap. And yeah, yeah it, it may not even even out. Actually, for the rest of my life, it would probably even out. Um, mm-hmm. But contacts and contact solution and the time. And something I was talking with, to a friend about um, I actually have a few friends who might do it now and I'm really glad I got to go first so I can kind of go with them and help them. Um, but the spontaneity of life. Tell them to watch the videos. Well, and also <laughs> I do think there is something to not doing it when you're too young. You know, yes. closer to 30 is probably a better idea. Well, no. It, <laughs> you were saying There's, being spontaneous. Yeah. Like, that gives you um, a chance to be more spontaneous. Yeah, the uh, an aspect of spontaneous life gets taken away when you have to worry about like, oh, I don't have my contact solution or contacts case, so I have like an X amount of time before I have to be home. And I'm like someone who never did sleep in their contacts and like stuff like that. I'm I like to follow the rules. I was very like particular about the way it does. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of germs. And so like I needed mm-hmm. to be in like a clean place with this and this and this. Um right. and so it was kind of exhausting like mentally and just sometimes the way I think stresses me out about like am I getting germs in my eyes, XYZ. Um and so to have that factor gone is really, really nice. Um and yeah, in regards to the age I did, they called me a few days before to like double confirm that I was coming and then they asked me if I had any questions and I was like, yeah, am I too young for this? And they were like, well, as long as the doctor cured, uh, like what's the word? As long as the doctor cleared you. Yes. Sorry. Valium is still in effect. No, it's not. That's not (laughs) three days later. (laughs) I don't, you're hypersensitive Uh, Milk that excuse. But they said, as long as the doctor cleared you, you're fine. However, when I went for my checkup, the doctor was sick. So I never saw a doctor before this. So I wouldn't Mm. recommend that. But 
in general, the studies, a lot of studies say 20 is fine. A lot of people say you should wait till you're like 25 um, just because your prescription can change so much. However, in my Mm -hmm. case, my vision isn't terrible. It hasn't been rapidly like decreasing. My uh, prescription has not changed in years. Um, And so I think I'm going to be fine prescription wise. I don't think my eyes are still changing. Um, But yeah, I, I would say just consult with a doctor. Yeah, but like you said, you don't want to go through that again. <laughs> I won't. I won't be. Right. For sure. But but <laughs> if you relate that to um braces, like people who put get braces when they have their baby teeth and they're like, "Oh yeah, because if you get braces on your baby teeth, then when your your adult teeth come in, maybe you won't have to get braces." Every single person I ever talked to who had braces on their their temporary teeth, their baby teeth, braces on their adult teeth. So I'm not a fan of that. But I didn't, I didn't even teeth, know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, I freaked out the first time somebody told me that. I was like, but aren't those his baby teeth? He hasn't got his adult teeth. This was like a fifth grader. And she's like, oh no, the dentist said that if he does that, then he won't have to get them. Guess what? He had braces again as a teenager. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a dentist. I'm not an orthodontist. Maybe there is a reason in some cases, but I think it's one of those scenarios where they were like, well, yeah, you want to straighten those teeth too. <laughs> Before well, they braces fall are a lot less scary. I will say that. Oh, I but they take braces. so much longer. It's, oh, uh, the process like, takes way too long. I I do RK ten times before I do braces again. Oh my gosh, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. oh I hated braces. <laughs> I was torture. Mom, your eyeball would be gone. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean going through a process like that. <laughs> well, also you haven't recently gone through RK. Let me tell you. It's it's still it was, fresh in my mind. I, and it is, it's I different. I think our procedure was easier. Yeah, it was very easy. Very easy. Like I yeah. didn't. I don't think I missed work or anything. It was like. So if you hear Maggie a little bit more clearly, it's because she got LASIK, and yes. you know everything about her is a little bit more crystal clear. My senses are awesome. so good. <laughs> well, in other news, I've been um, my senses have been missing your mama because she was in Texas and I was home alone this week. Getting to know the Theragun that you gave me, which is Yay. amazing, that self-massage tool, I've been figuring it out. It's really great. It's like I've got my Theracane, which is like the the big curvy mm-hmm. crowbar stick that I use and have been using for many, many years. Um, but the Theragun does some different stuff like in my hips and my lower back. And I actually brought it on, a, um, on an outing to play disc golf with my friends and it was weird because like we put we we played disc golf. I made like an eighty five foot putt. It was like the, my longest putt of the year. And then we had kombucha in the parking lot that my friend Wayne makes. And I took out the Theragun and I was like showing the guys the Theragun. And I just was thinking, we look so weird right now. Oh yeah, these well, three guys in the <laughs> parking lot drink, drinking yeah. kombucha and massaging each other with a yes. Theragun. Yeah, it's mm. not that you look weird. It's that you. Yeah, are weird. we are. We're really weird people. <laughs> Really, really weird people. Theraguns are great, yeah. though. I fell in the river today, too, Maggie. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up? Yeah, uh. I was I was filming my weekly video, and I was done with all the shots for the script, and I was shooting B-roll, and I decided to walk a log that was over the river, and <laughs> it, it was not a good idea. I knew it wasn't a good idea because it was all wet and, like, covered in dirt and moss and really slippery. <laughs> 
But I was just like, oh, I just need to get up there for like one step, for one second, for one shot and balance on it. Nope. nope. I didn't even get on top of it. I just like stepped on it and like immediately was off and in the water. Yep. Wait, I, you have a video of it though? Oh yeah, that's the best part. Like Can if you're going to send something stupid, make sure you're rolling video. Yeah, Can you I will. Send you got to watch you got to watch it till the end because I was just like, I, I felt it wasn't deep and it wasn't a, like a, you know, a long fall, but here I am in the, in this water and my boot is completely submerged. These are waterproof boots, but they're not waterproof if you're up to your knee, <laughs> you know, cause then all the water goes in the top and then stays in the boot. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm standing there and I've got my other foot still in the air and I'm like, how do I get out of this without getting my other boot, boot wet? And finally, I'm just like, Forget it. And I just started walking through the water. <laughs> you win, River. You win. Yes. And I came to a um, conclusion this this week. Now, I was thinking about dogs and just the amount of time that I've been spending with our dogs and the relationship that I've developed with those dogs and, you know, the quantity of time with them. And it's it's we've gotten so much tighter, the, the three of us. Like, we really can communicate without a lot of even instructions. They just know what I want them to do. We just vibe together. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about like, you know, there's always been that that thought in the back of our mind is like, at some point in our life, we'll get to this stage where we don't have dogs That's, when they pass away <laughs> and then we can travel and then we can do this kind of thing. And and that's such an enticing thing to think about because they're such a huge commitment in your yeah, life. Yeah. But I just kind of resolve myself to the fact that no, that's not going to happen because because we're dog people. Yay. Like yeah. we are totally dog people. We love having them in our life. Yep. And once I came to terms with that, I could just be like, okay, well, that's that's what we do. Yep. Yeah. We I have to pick up great. poop for the rest of our life <laughs> and, and carve an hour out of every single day to take them to the park and on a good long walk. But you get a lot out of it in return too. In fact, I was um, – just in preparation for the podcast, because I was going to tell you that I was looking at the health benefits of, uh, like proven by science mm-hmm. of 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 having animals. Yep. Um, and this link right now. Hold on a second. Yeah, that wasn't a hot link. Okay, give me the first one. Um, people who have dogs are mentally ha- uh, happier. Well, yeah, I mean, they're healthier because they get up more frequently to walk the dogs and to take them out. So there's 10 mental health benefits of having pets in general, dogs or cats, I suppose, although we're dog people. And so we're going to see if you guys can guess them. Um, And yours first was what, honey? My first guess was that people who have dogs are happier people. Well, because of the love they get, the unconditional love from a pet makes them happier and just more confident. Number one is they help us feel loved. And that is true. They help us feel less lonely as well. Did you know that kind of put that together? Pets can help you. They actually help lower your blood pressure. Well, again, it's the same kind of thing. They're, they're calming. That's giving you love, giving you that unconditional love. Exercise. Yes. I said that one, but. Definitely more exercise. They encourage you to go outside. Yep. I mean, yeah, a lot of this is counter, is just regular. Um, they help you find things like, Lassie, hey, where's my shoe? <laughs> and then they go get it. Actually, I was way too, I, I wasn't around when Lassie was a thing, but. 
<laughs> I've never seen that. Our dogs don't do that. I never did either, but yeah, I've heard joke references to Lassie. <laughs> exactly. Bottom line is pets are great. Did you know that yes. cats, get this, cats actually domesticated themselves. <laughs> That's how smart they how? are. They're just like, oh, forget this getting our own food, man. I'm going to go get a yep. human and I'm going to domesticate the human to exactly. my lifestyle. I need a bed. I need they, some regular They lived fooding. in proximity to human. <laughs> they lived in proximity to human beings for thousands of years before they like were like, okay, I can go in your house now. And that's just kind of the attitude that they've have, had ever since. I tell you what, I domesticated my dogs. Like I actually, I mean, I house broke my cats like a dog. When I, I've had at least two cats as an adult and I taught both of them to go outside to go to the bathroom. And the first time it was purely by accident because I was cleaning my apartment on a Saturday and I set the litter box outside the front door of the apartment. And then I forgot about it. And later in the evening when, you know, after I'd eaten whatever and sit down to watch TV, the cat went to the door and started meowing. And I was like, what's going on? I opened the door and she went out and went right into the litter box. And I was like, oh, that's nice. So I didn't bring it back in. And then when I moved, I did away with the litter box. And since I knew a cat could be taught to do that, I did it again with the next cat that I had and never had a litter box in the house. It is interesting... To think about like, cause some, I'd say the majority of people who have cats don't let their cats outside. They're, they're house cats mm-hmm. or they're in the apartment all day long. Um, but I remember growing up, like when I would house sit, their cats were completely allowed outside whenever they wanted to with the little cat doors and would just like roam around the neighborhood and then come back when they wanted to. Yeah. And, and because I worked, I, that's what I would do. I let my cat out during the day. And then at night, like when I get home from work, the cat would literally meet me at the door. Like mm. she could hear my, hear my car, whatever, come out from wherever she was. And we'd basically get to the front door at the same time. Yeah. And, right. and my dogs were, and my dogs, I keep calling my cat a dog. And my cat was <laughs> snuggly like a dog. Yeah. Like it would just like, you know, it wasn't, it was like a dog. I was just like, that's wild. <laughs> We should say, if you are going to let your cats outside or your dogs outside, if you're going to have a cat or a pet at all, you should get it spayed. So Absolutely. There's such a breeding problem. And, and all of cat, our animals have been adopted. Like yes, we, we've, we've rescued all of our animals in our lifetime just because Same there's such a need cats. for that. And we think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And it also, I would recommend if you have a cat and it goes outside that you put a bell on its collar so that any uh, birds- So cars can hear it. No. So the birds have oh. a- have a chance to get away if they're, you know, they're not, they're getting a bird. It's not because they're hungry. Mm. Yeah. And collars, collars with numbers. So people aren't going to pick them up right. and chipped. Yeah. You having them chipped yeah, is a good idea too. Yep. Yeah. Which leads us into our next topic of our opinions on dog breeding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not. <laughs> that is not where we want to go right now. I don't know nothing about it. By the way, the warders are fostering a dog right now. It's called Fidget. Oh, that's so sweet. Fidget. So when, Wendy and Jim are fostering a dog, and they've been vol- volunteering in animal shelters really for years and years and years. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, That's that, amazing. I knew Jim did. I didn't know heart. Wendy did. No, Wendy's recent. into it now too yeah. as well. And, and uh, Simon and Spencer 
met Fidget and they got along oh, great. They had cool. a really good visit with them too. And this dog is hilarious. It is afraid of hardwood floors. Oh, oh no. Heard of, I've it heard got of used to them yeah. at the Waters house, but when it went over to grandma's house, it didn't want to walk on the hardwoods. And it would like it would like walk down the carpet, and then you have to pick it up and put it on another piece of carpet, and then it would just stay right on the rug there. Yeah. And and at <sighs> Wendy's house initially, it would run. She had runners down her hallway, and it would jump from one to the other, but it didn't want to like, be on the hardwoods. That's yeah. so. Funny. Eventually, like, it figured it out. Like I'm surprised yeah. Simon's not fearful because he's taken a couple of falls coming down the stairs and sliding. You know, because he's too excited coming down the stairs, and then he you know goes sliding on it and wipes out. Yeah. So Maggie, before we uh, wrap this podcast, there's a great question from Emily that I'd love for you to tackle. And she says, Hey Mags, as an actress, having to deal with numerous auditions, possible rejection, and all the things that come with a career in entertainment, do you have any advice on how to handle it? I'm a professional dancer. Sometimes I feel so good and solid in what I'm doing, but when that next opportunity takes a long while to come and you start hearing more no's than yeses, it starts to weigh on me and it's something I continue to struggle with. You don't know anything about that, do you? <laughs> um, I've known about that my entire life. I've, I've always been involved in performing and acting when I was a little kid in the musical theater um, and dance. I took dance for a long time and college auditions and now film auditions and everything. Um, for me, kind of after I audition for something, I have to let it go a little bit um, and understand that there are so many factors that are so far out of your control. You, nine, like so much of the time, you're just not what they're looking for precise look-wise. Or you could give an absolutely incredible performance and they see someone else and they go, uh, no, they, they fit the cast better. They fit the genre better. They mm -hmm. fit the, mm -hmm. the aesthetic that we're going for a little bit better. And that's not your fault. That's not their fault. That's just what the project is. Um, and so kind of just, I, thankfully I love the art form of acting so much that even like auditions are a joy for me and giving my all to that character for the amount of time I have with that character. If it's through the audition phase, if it's through the producer session, if it's booking it, like that's the amount of time I have with the character and I'm thankful for that. Um, that's a really good way to look at it. I didn't yeah, think I about think it. It's, and it's even just in your acting great... classes, you're getting that mm -hmm. experience, spending time with different characters. Absolutely. Really cool. And if, if you truly do love the art form of dance, then that's just a cool thing to even be able to audition. But I also do under believe me, I understand the aspect of I'm, I'm sick of the auditions. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for the bookings. Um, and so, yeah, honestly, just trying to put it out of your mind once it's out of your hands um, and focus on the next thing. Focus on another audition or a passion project of yours or something to stimulate you create creatively um rather than dwelling on every single one until you hear a no about it or until you hear a yes about it kind of trying to forget about it and then if you do hear something it's like oh my gosh wait surprise that's awesome um but yeah. not yeah. not yeah. trying to follow it so closely to to keep your emotions fully intacted to that project you know what i mean sure there's a mix of like self-confidence and self-protection and like telling yourself a story that's going to keep you 
in a good emotional state and like ready for the next opportunity. Because I mean, how many stories do you hear about like one opportunity that falls apart and then the next one is the, is the right one He's that right really one. clicks or, you know, so it's like, how do I stay, stay interested? And I, I guess, you know, Emily, I'd say just never forget the passion, never forget how much you love it. Yeah. And, um, and you know, why you do it and you do it because you love it and because it's who you are. And yet it, if it's going to be a career, it's got to be a different thing, you know, different relationship and, and you got to have those opportunities and, and maybe you can find them in different places that are even not the ones that you'd normally go after, but, you know, just keep your mind wide open for other opportunities to practice what you love and pay the bills, you know? And if you, what that means for an artist, I think is living within your means, you know, you, it, it does sometimes mean that you can't have a lot of extravagance in life. And then that's just part of why you do what, you know, part of your dedication to the art form, I guess. But have you ever thought of, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I remember one time somebody who's been in the industry in, in, in film acting since she's little, uh, very successful. She told me one time that the odds of auditions in, and bookings in the film industry was to book one in 50, which 50 auditions is a lot of auditions and it may not sound like a ton, a ton, um, but but it is. It's and it's a lot it, of time. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is. It's not like you're getting an audition more, every single day. <laughs> yeah, but the more that you're out there as a as an actor, as a performer, um, the more you're out there, the more you're seen. So so to your point, Dan, if, if it's not that one, it's the next one. You're the more you're out there, the better your opportunities. That that's some the right thing will come along. But also, I literally this morning was watching one of those Hollywood Reporter YouTube videos where they had the round table with um, six actors, Adam Sandler and, and Colin Farrell and several others, and um, Kai, the guy who was in um, short, short Round, right from Indiana Jones, who was just in. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 25 years, guys. 25 years went by without him working. Mm-hmm. And then this came back. And his point was like, you know, you, you got to believe in your dream. If that's like, because yeah. of course, you know, 25 years and like nothing's happening. And he's just like, but, and two months went by from the time he auditioned. And he was, you know, two months, you think, okay, I didn't get it. And another actor, he said it was seven months. And these, yeah, and that guy was a working actor, but- all of the guys at the table, they were all, they all had the same thing. Like they, they wanted, oh, and Brendan Fraser, you know, professional actors, Amazing. guys who, uh, who had careers at least at one point. And then that whole thing of not getting the work, not getting the yeah. auditions, not getting the callbacks, not getting the job. And you're just like, and Colin was like, I, you know, he was sure he had the, this one situation and because they'd been talking about it, he'd been through all these conversations and the months go by. I was like, "Oh, we need you to come in and read." He was like, "Oh, I didn't get it." <laughs> well, of course he got it, but still, it was just like so. You never know. It doesn't matter what level you're on. That whole stress of about the audition and and gosh, am I good enough? Did I whatever the whole imposter syndrome? They all experience it. Everybody and just yeah. you know, study your craft. Uh, be true to your yourself. You know that truth comes out on the camera. The camera will see right into your soul. So so pour it in. As a dancer yeah. too, you know I, your whole body. Obviously, I know a girl who went seven years without booking and then booked the Disney show 
Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and like if you asked her like why she kept doing it, it was because she loved it. Yeah. She loved it so so much. And that's the thing. Like I I could not book for the next ten years, and I would wouldn't stop auditioning. Like I mm. love it. I really do. I have since I was a kid. So. Yeah. yeah. I wow. mean, I definitely hope my book very soon. <laughs> but we'll I'm see. sure you will. So, Emily, clearly you're in good company because everybody feels the same way you do. Yep. And so just uh, hopefully that will help you. And speaking of good company, um, thank you for being in the audience and being company with us this week. It's been a good, fun podcast where we learned about LASIK and talked about dogs and auditioning and other things. So really good to see you guys. And uh, listen, if you want to ask a question that we can answer for you or suggest a topic, wholesomechaos.com is the place to do that. And um, that'll wrap it up for us this week. All Take right. care, Max. I love you guys. I will. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. We love you too. And we love you, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. I think it's cute that you guys wave even though we're an audio podcast. <laughs> That's just, I'm, I always do that just so that you guys don't like, so that we'll do it all together and be like, bye. We do. We always no, because, wave. No, because sometimes I'll be like, bye. And then you're like, bye. And then Maggie, because of the, the time difference or whatever, the lag, she'll be like got three separate enthusiastic goodbyes. Are you waving at the at the listeners or are you I'm waving, waving at, at Maggie? Maggie and you? Oh, oh, I'm, wa- I'm waving at the listeners. <laughs> I'm I'm expressing my energy through my hand motion. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.